Hello, and welcome to Barren Not Broken, Season 3, Episode 1. We are so excited that you've joined us for our new season, and we cannot wait for all of the interviews, conversations, and information to come in this new season. Today, I have my husband, Jason, with me, and we are so excited to share with you what it looks like to build a legacy childless. Hey, babe. Hello. I'm so excited you're on this first episode of season three. Season three. Can you believe it's been three years? No. Since we started Bearing That Broken podcast. No. It's crazy. Like, I love all the stories and the amazing things that have come from this. And I remember starting it and I told you, I was like, it just, it helps one person. It'll be worth it. And yet we hear from people all the time of how it's impacting them, how it's encouraged them, how to talk to their families, their friends. It's given them hope in the midst of devastation. Yep. We've had we've had couples experience getting pregnant. We've had couples experience deep tragedy and loss mm-hmm. and have walked through grief that was unexpected. We ourselves have walked through grief that was unexpected. And yet here we are three years later, still providing encouragement, information, and just stories. So we know that every story matters and we don't have to live this crazy journey of trying to conceive or defining what we want our families to look like all by ourselves. By whether or not you conceive or don't conceive. Right. Right. We're not defined by that. And I think Barren Not Broken really came from us, one, defining what we wanted our story to look like. But then two, it also came from a place of okay, now what? What does our life look like as we stepped into making the unexpected, unwanted decision to be childless? Mm -hmm. And yet here we are hopefully helping other people, no matter what their choice is, to just know that there's always hope. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so today we're going to talk about um, defining legacy childless. You know, a lot of times people talk about legacy, their bloodline, having kids, multiple generations. And that is an incredible, incredible thing. So we're not here to minimize the value of that. But I think for us and our story, we had to figure out how are we going to define and redefine what we thought legacy would look like for us. And not just for you and I, but this affects our parents. Um, You know, our nephews and niece are like, hey, why don't we have cousins? You know, there's so many layers to what our story has unpacked, not just for ourselves, but for our families. Sure. But it's caused us to live a different way too. Yes. Other than looking at how do we conceive to leave a legacy in, in a physical bloodline, it's more how do we continuously make an impact yeah. on the people around us so that when we're gone, that impact lasts and it continues to create change yeah. and, and God-like moves within the earth that will will regurgitate through time. Yeah, I think it's... Um, the ability to step back and realize that often what we create in our minds and our hearts are like these defining boxes. And that's the only way that something can come about in our lives. And yet at the same time, that's not true always. And yeah, sometimes it is, but a lot of times in our lives, whether it's in regards to having children, marriage, um, what our, our relationships with our parents look like, what our you know, relationship with our friends look like. A lot of times we put ourselves in such defining boxes. And I think we've learned early on in our marriage, we've almost been married 22 years um, in a few weeks. And 
we have learned that we can't do that. We have to hold our life and its purpose and its opportunities and meaning with open hands. Yeah, there's a, a moral of a story that was told a while back that when you put something in your hand and you close it, it's a closed fist mm. and you keep asking God for something and God keeps trying to say, well, I'd like to give you something, but you got to let go of what's in your hand first. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people walk around with this thing in their hand. It's this expectation or this dream. And they're like, if I could just get this, if God would just do this, yeah. if you'll make it happen this way. And God's like, well, I'd love to make ultimately what you're looking for, praying for happen, but you're wanting it this way. And yeah. I can't do it that way. And yeah. that's not the way that it's planned to be done. Yeah. So if you'll open your hand and live open-handed, then God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Mm -hmm. And we're actually even learning that in a new way, not just around having children. Sure. Um, you know, part of us um, sharing together today is to announce some exciting things that we have in our lives that we would not have come to had we not been down the path that we've been on. And so I think even in this new thing that we are sharing today, we're right now learning what you just said. Like we have to be open-handed and we have to realize that this thing that we're doing, it's in our hearts and we have all these ideas and excitement around it, but it may not happen the way that we think or plan it should. And so ultimately, when you are trying to plan out what your family dynamic, your family, your future, and regards to being a family unit looks like, our world defines so much of that for us. And even sometimes the church defines what successful um, family dynamic looks like. But we've come to realize that that's not always what it looks like. And you and I making the decision for me to have a hysterectomy almost three years ago changed the course of what legacy looks like to us. Sure. And so I want to share with everybody today, before we give the exciting news out, that we um, share kind of how we got to this place. Okay, so we were going through COVID like most people, looking for what's next, you know, or, or maybe you were in COVID like we were and you were thinking, okay, I'm living life normally, um, doing work, doing chores, doing laundry, doing uh, DoorDash. Friendship. Every, yeah, everything you're stuck thinking inside. of. You're stuck inside a lot. And it's like, I think it gave everybody a real good time to review, like, what do I really want to do in life? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people change their careers. A lot of people change... Yeah habits, they change, you know, their workout routines, they change family time, they change what they did, because it really helped everyone see, wait, have I just been living life on autopilot for so long? That yeah, maybe I haven't even thought about what could be different. Yeah. And so for us, we were kind of that same place too. We were good jobs, good friends, great house, great, great everything. Everything was fantastic. Yeah. But something was missing. Like, there's more purpose we can add to the world around us. And yeah. What would that look like? And so we had talked about for years what we would do maybe in our retiring years, 60s, uh, somewhere around yeah. there in 70s. And maybe we would have this cool thing where we would um, invite people out and we would do small retreats and have some land and just have a fun place where people could come and experience the Lord and have a, a day or a weekend away. And soon enough, as we talked about that, it it, it went from 70s to 60s to 50s to 40s to now. Yeah. And it was like, well, why don't we just do it now? And what what's holding us back from doing that now? Yeah. And so we decided to have a hysterectomy. That, I think, started this, like, why are we waiting? And what do we want purpose to look like in our life? And then, you know, for timeline's sake, for everyone, for context, 
You know, we had different life changes happening that were out of our control. Life was still good, but we were longing for something more and it wasn't going to be kids. Um, And so we made the hard decision that we are going to live a life without children. And so that started painting on our hearts this, what we thought was such a faraway dream to now be our current reality. And so we have purchased 48 acres in Bonham, Texas. um, And it is, we've established a nonprofit called Legacy Place. Right. And Legacy Place will be where couples who are navigating um, infertility, child loss, childlessness, they're navigating this many layers of defining their legacy can come and get away from the day-to-day chaos of what that can be. You know, walking through infertility and um, trying to conceive and trying to decide what's next, what feels like constantly when you're going through that can be just such a painful process. Or consuming process. All-consuming process. Constantly. Constantly. Whether you're talking about what treatments you're going to do next, you're talking about what kind of, you know, for us, it was me in pain all the time, um, what our sex life's going to look like, what our you know, friendships can look like, what our doctor's appointments, what can our finances, it literally is all consuming. And so we just realized that we didn't always have a safe place to go. And we want to create a space in which couples can come or individuals can come to get away and decompress, rest, reconnect, recharge, refocus, refocus, and just be in a beautiful, serene environment that could potentially just breathe a little life back into them. Yeah, and prompt different conversations. Yeah, because it doesn't, you don't always want to talk about. Right. You know, and so, yeah, giving it a place to talk about what portions of it you need to that maybe you haven't, but then also giving it space to just get away from it and connect to one another. Right. Outside of this big looming thing. Yeah, and we hope to have eventually things to make it fun, like a boat where people can go out. We strategically chose the location we're in um, because it's around some large lakes, one that's being built that hasn't been built in Texas in like 30 years. Yeah, There's a huge lake going in that'll be a recreational lake. So we hope to take couples out and just say, hey, let's have a day of fun. Yeah, Let's let's put aside all the details, all the stressors, everything that's triggering you from what you have or don't have or have tried and haven't tried. And just remember that life has more to it than this one thing that dominates pretty much the whole conversation of life. Yeah. And really this came, wouldn't you say, babe, from us in this place of asking the question, what does our legacy look like? Sure. And not having the answer, to be honest, and feeling very, very saddened and and grief-stricken of like, now what? We fought for this one thing for at the time, 19 years. And now what in the heck are we going to do? And who are we? But we took inventory, I think, which is a special thing that if you're listening, you might want to think of. Yes. We took inventory, whether you have kids or don't have kids or plenty of kids or can't have kids. Yeah. What are we good at? What are we, how do we impact people right now? Because truly that is how you leave legacy. How are you impacting people right now on a daily basis? So we took that inventory and said, this is what we're good at. This is what we've done over the course of our marriage together, our life together. And we started seeing like, we're already leaving a legacy in the way that we interact with people around us in these ways, by being hospitable, by discipling, by encouraging. All those things made up kind of this 
this great gift basket, if you will, if this is yeah. Jason and Bonnie Ruth, yeah. this is how they impact people that they're around. Now, how could we amplify that and put yeah. that on a level where it could be um, expressed and expanded yeah. to reach more people? Yeah, I agree. And I think we asked, so I love that. We took inventory on how are we already leaving a legacy so that the question of what will our legacy look like didn't feel so daunting, right? But then I think we also asked ourselves, well, one, we gave ourselves also space to grieve. And we always call that phase, like it became just this white blank canvas that to be honest, for some months felt like nothing, like nothing land. It was just like empty and there it was empty space that we could not figure out how to fill in our hearts and our emotions and our, our life. And we just started talking. We started talking about all kinds of things that we could do or could not do or didn't want to do or did want to do. And really letting go of one dream, like we talked about earlier, like keeping your hand open, we had to let go of the dream of having children and building our family and our legacy that way. But what happened is that blank space began to not be so blank and empty. And we started seeing our hearts opening up to things that we never knew we were dreaming of. And I think that's a beautiful thing to, I hope everyone hears that. When you let go of something, it's so scary and it feels so big and it can literally like physically pound in your chest and feel like pressure to let go of it. And there's a process, there's a grief, follow the grief process, Google it if you've never heard of it, like take the grief cycle and and allow yourself this space and time to like feel that and walk through that. But realize that when you let go, there are dreams that you never knew you had and they can't come forth until you let go of something else. Exactly. And so we were really in that process. We fought a lot through it. We cried a lot through it. We hugged each other a lot through it. We sat in silence a lot through it. Um, we had lots of counseling sessions with our counselor. We met with friends and pastors and people who cared about us. Like it was, it was still all consuming. Wouldn't you say like, if we're honest, like it felt all consuming just as it did in making the decision to not have children. But it was like this freeing. Every step we took, every daunting moment led to us a moment of hope, a moment of breath, a moment of freedom. And before we knew it, we were driving up on 48 acres and we knew this was the place. Yeah, I think the more open you become, the more freedom you gain. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And had we not walked through that process when we drove on this property, we wouldn't have known it was ours. Right. And when we came here, and we'll tell everybody a little story here in a second, but when we came on this property, we knew, like when we walked it, we were in, both in tears and just awe of what it felt. And I don't know about you, but I was in tears because I felt the breath that I hope people feel when they come on this property. I felt the oxygen coming back into me in a way that I hadn't felt in a long time. Yeah. And it's something that we did not have walking through our own journey. And the interesting thing that happened was, though, we found what we thought was going to be yep. the future of Legacy Place uh, just maybe two or three miles down the road from where we are now. Yep. And I had built plans and dreams. And again, yeah. thought I had made a dream happen We again. were pretty tight-fisted on right. that one. <laughs> really tight-fisted. And it yep. just wasn't working out. No. The realtor wasn't working out. The money didn't 
work out. The right timing didn't work out. Yeah. And it just felt like, man, is this is this right or not? And it came down to the point where it was like, it isn't working out. No. And so we let go of that. As soon as we let go of that, I think it was the next weekend we came here. Yeah. We drove by this place and it wasn't like everything just fell in line all of a sudden instantly on the first time. Because as she said, when we walked the property, it was beautiful. We felt like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yep. Um, we drove around, um, had a great time. And then when we got done, we called the realtor back saying we were going to make an offer. And it was like heartbreaking because the realtor said, yeah. there's already an offer on this property and it's a family. They're going to buy it. I'm sorry. You're going to have to find something Like else. it was more than we could. We wouldn't have been able to offer above it. And mm-hmm. so we both like literally cried on the way home. So we're thinking the dream's dying again. You keep trying yeah. to dream and dream keeps getting smashed in the face. Yeah. It was like, well, shit, like this is, are we even supposed to do this? Like, But we yeah. stayed open-handed again we at did. this point. And we it was prayed like, on the way home, right? Said, hey, if this is God's yeah. path, he'll open up the door. Yeah. Something else will come along or that'll come along. And yeah. It was probably a few weeks later, I, I'm always perusing Realtor.com always. even now just because I love real estate. I love land. And all of a sudden, it popped back up. And I remember yep. yelling to Bonnie Ruth, hey, the land's back. And she said, nuh And I said, yeah, it's back on the map. I think we should call. And so we called. Yep. And she said, yeah, it's back up. They didn't go okay, through. Okay, funny note, though, you have to tell everybody. It literally hadn't even been up for 24 hours. The realtor hadn't even gotten to call Jason to tell him. I think the realtor was, was shocked that I even knew it. She said, how did yeah. you know it was up there? I said, oh, I I check every site that's online. Yeah, he checks all the time. <laughs> so she, we, well, actually I flew out of town. Jason came back out here and we made an offer and they accepted it. And it was our land. Like we started that whole process. And I remember driving away when she had told us that somebody else had made an offer and we couldn't have it. And I just like slapped the steering wheel. And I was like, you have got to freaking be kidding me. And freaking then, may have been the word, may have not may been the word. May have not but been the word. Fill in um, the blank. Yeah, it was pretty intense. It, it just felt like a crushing blow. But I also remember within minutes later, we did. We said, Lord, like, okay, we open our hands and our heart. And if this is our land, please shift this for us. And he did. And But again, it may have been another thing that we had to walk through. And to be honest, we've been out here. We've owned the land since the end of May of 2022. It is now March 21st, um, 2023. And you guys are hearing this and know that we have had many times, like many, many times. We are currently in a moment where we are having to be open-handed and we are having to say, okay, this doesn't make any sense. And how do we accomplish this? And We are hoping and believing and having faith in a way that we've never had. And to be frank with you, I thought going through everything we had, trying to conceive and infertility and the the surgeries and the chronic health issues, I thought we had faith down. But I am in a moment where I am having to every day walk with an open hand Mm -hmm. and walk knowing that this, to be honest, I think legacy, we make it about us and it's not. Mm-mm, and no. you had said something earlier about legacy isn't just a bloodline, but it's about the imprint and the impact that we leave for those behind us. Yeah, really. That's good. Yeah, that was really good, babe. I wrote it down because oh. you said it. You said <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I that didn't know good. I said it. That yeah. was good. It like, works. We, we're having to live that truth in our life right now of it's honestly not even about us. And right. sometimes we make 
building a legacy about us, but really it's what is the impact that that we're choosing our actions every day and how is that gonna affect someone else? It's about the future. Right. It's about the people in the future. It's about the moments in the future that we're not even there. But it's really about it continuing the goodness of God Yes, that He's bestowed in your life. And hopefully that ripples through time, like you always talk about throwing a pebble into a lake, that it just continues to ripple and it never ends. Yeah. And so our dream, I think, and our hope is that what we do here will be something that long after we're gone yeah. impacts and, and feeds God into people in a way that brings them joy, brings that breath back into their life yeah. and, and allows them to experience His presence to really, truly, the legacy that we leave is that God would continue to impact people through the story that we've lived yeah. and the way that we've seen how good He's been in life. Yeah. So if we're saying, okay, we took inventory, right? We took inventory on what is the legacy that we've already been building. And then we kind of, we had to come to that open-handed place of like, do we really trust and have faith right now? We had to have the grief and the open, hard conversations, right? What would you say, you know, we kind of skipped some pieces and got to the exciting part of we bought the land. But like, what would you say in that process was one thing that you would encourage other people they have to do when they're shifting or letting go of one dream and having the realization of another? I think you have to be consistent with spending time with God and each other. I think you have to... And that doesn't mean you have to get in a prayer closet or whatever that thing is you might have heard since you were young. It just may be open to driving in your car and starting yeah. a conversation with God saying, hey, I don't yeah. know what's next, but I trust you in you. Yeah. Um, there was this great meme uh, that I heard online and it's this little kid and it's this kind of sad music playing in the background and you see all this crazy stuff happening. Mm. But this little kid's voice says, it's okay, God. I trust you. Mm. That's that's what he's saying. That's he's good. Like, it's okay. I, yeah. I know you're going to make it okay. And yeah. I think sometimes we just have to get back to that place in our lives where we say, it's okay, God. Because yeah. here's the thing. When we're little, we trust our parents. We trust the people around us. We, we have this innocence to life where we don't feel like the whole world is against us and trying to take us out. Yeah. But as we get older, we take a little bit more control and a little bit yeah. more control and a little bit more control to the point where we don't even realize we're so stressed because we are in so much control or yeah. feel like we are, that's the appearance of control that it stresses us out. Yeah. And if we would just stop, my advice, it would be stop, give it back to God and say, you know what? Yeah. I trust you. It's okay. I know you're for me. I know you're going to do something. I know you have a plan. Yeah. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to enjoy being with you mm-hmm. and in the pursuit of what's coming. Yeah. And I think that comes with us being open to say when we're in pain, open to say when we are experiencing loss, you have to be open about that to get to the place in which you can have that conversation with God. Because you can't have that honest conversation with God if you haven't had the painful ones. If you haven't been honest that my heart feels like it's ripping out of my chest, I don't understand like how my marriage is going to work through this. I don't understand how I have purpose outside of being a mom and I'm never going to be a mom. Like these are all real conversations with God. But when you continue to have those kinds of conversations, you can get to that place with the Lord because He can handle all of it, right? But we get to that place with the Lord where we can say, okay, God, I trust you. 
And that is a daily thing. You know, I think in, in our faith culture today, sometimes we, we talk about, it's like a name it, claim it kind of thing. It's like, if I say it, or even not even in the, in the faith world, but like just in life, if we like say it and believe it, we'll have it. And we've lived a life that that actually is not how our, we named it and claimed it and believed it and said it out loud all the time. But we didn't get that, we didn't get that way of purpose shaping in our lives. But we do still have purpose and we do still have hope and we do still have life and we do still have goodness, right? And I think sometimes we make it about um, having more faith and really it's just about choosing to have faith in Him. It's not having more faith or more tasks or more actions or anything like that, but it's having a moment where you can just have faith in Him, not in the things that you're believing for, not in the things that you want to happen, because those could fail you, but He will not fail you. Absolutely. You know? And so as we've kind of come to this, okay, we bought Legacy Place, we've established a nonprofit, we're working to get um, the structures built out here. We've got water, electric, septic, we've got a gate, we've got a road. We're working to get cabins so couples can come out and stay. There's some fruition to this new dream, right? Well, there's still challenges. There's, there's still yes. There's still challenges. There, even when you get past all of those stages and you get to now, you're actually pursuing the dream. Yeah. Or God hands you the dream. I think yep. all of us want that stage to be like, oh, and there's no yeah. problems. There's no yeah, struggles, no challenges. Whatever you want to label that roadblock or that yeah. thing, but there is. And I think the Bible actually tells us that because it says, in this life you'll have trials. It doesn't yeah. say once the dream happens. You're not going to have any more trials. If you yeah. look at every story in the Bible, even when they accomplished the feet or the height of mm -hmm. what they felt like God was calling them to, yeah. in came the next set of problems and struggles. So I, the pastor side of me wants to say there's, there's probably three things that I think of when I look at when that happens. What should you kind of prepare your heart and mind for when yeah, you know challenges good. are coming at the pivotal point of you accepting your dream, starting your dream, in the middle of your dream, it's still yeah. going to happen. What should you be aware of and I think you should be aware of one, sacrifice. It's still mm. going to take sacrifice. Yes. I think we hope that sacrifice is going to stop once we hit yeah. the dream, whether it's, yeah. I have a dream to have this piece of land or I have a dream yeah. to have this family or I have a dream to, no matter if you get your dream, yeah. sacrifice is still going to be a part of life. And I think that's important because when we've gone through trauma and pain like we have or other couples who might be listening have of losing you know, miscarrying, infertility treat, you know, failed infertility treatments. Maybe it's failed surgeries that were supposed to help you make you feel better. It's failed, 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 failed. We think that we've already hit this place of sacrifice. And so when we let go of that dream, at least I did, I came into this new dream thinking, well, I've already paid the ultimate price. I've already lost everything I could ever imagine. So now this needs to be easier. And really the reality is, Anything worth having is worth sacrifice. Your marriage, you've got to sacrifice. Your friendships, you've got to sacrifice. You know, the anything worth building and that has value will require a sacrifice. It takes a piece of you. It yeah. takes a piece of your heart. It takes a piece yes. of your time, your emotions, your energy, all of those things. And yeah. I think learning to live with the reality that sacrifice is a part of life and doing yeah. great things yeah. and leaving a legacy yeah. makes it easier to handle when you have to make the sacrifice. Yeah, that's really... So damn, sacrifice is good. one thing. Wait, I want to say something to you really quickly. I'm so thankful that we have 
been willing to sacrifice together. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is a lot of times we're in the trauma, we're in the pain, we're in the discontent, we're in the disillusionment, and we begin to separate. Like our hearts begin to get hard and it separates us. And what I'm so thankful about is that we have fought so hard and I hope every couple will see that it is worth, <coughs> excuse me, fighting for that every sacrifice that you've made, make it together. Absolutely. Because it you cannot survive it your, on your own. Yeah. But together we can survive well, that sacrifice. That's why we say team rough because no yeah. team can have just one person sacrificing. No. If you're going to have they a team and the team is going to win, then somebody's sacrificing and everybody feels that sacrifice. Yes. Doesn't matter what the team is. So Yeah, and I think it's just important for us to point that out because it's not easy and it's definitely not easy to do, do alone. And so I'm so thankful, babe, that you have been willing to sacrifice with me and that you have been willing, us together, we've been willing to fight and lay down whatever it requires and not always pretty and not always the most like, you know, the best attitude in it. Let's just be real. I mean, we've, I've probably cussed more in this new venture than I ever have in my life, but I've also like cried out to the Lord and connected with him more than I ever have. And so I'm just thankful that we can do that together. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Um, the next thing I would say is patience. Yeah. You got to have patience no matter <laughs> what dream you have. And I then, hate that word. <laughs> and I don't think anybody loves the word patience, but no. it is something that is really beautiful once you yeah. begin to embrace it as well. Yeah. Once you begin to go, you know what? My job today may not be to go accomplish 10 things or to charge a hill or to overcome the next thing to see the yeah. victory. You're, you're, thing for a day may just be to sit in a chair yeah. and wait. Yeah. It may be to take a little extra time at the uh, post office to meet somebody, or it may be a little longer in church to greet a new person, whatever yeah. that may be. Patience is something that you have to have if you're going to leave a legacy, because legacy yeah. doesn't come overnight. No, it doesn't. Legacy happens over years, hundreds of years, thousands yeah. of years. Jesus's legacy yeah. has been since the beginning of time. That's millennia stacked on top yeah. of each other. So, you need to look at how am I embracing patience in my walk, in my marriage, in my relationships? Because if I'll just be patient, you never know what's going to come along. And I'll give you a great story. This week in this part of our journey, we had an opportunity that I thought was an opportunity. Mm. We've been struggling with our road, trying to make it nice and get it really foundational to where people can drive on it and be something that's, you know, long-term for the property here for people to come in on. And I had a guy that had come out and quoted me something about blacktopping the road. And then he'd said it was going to be this astronomical price. And the next thing I know, he calls me back the next day and the price was cut in half. Mm-hmm. Now, my brain was like, I need to speed up. I need to figure out how to get this done. I need to make this happen. Yeah. But I found myself combating that and saying, yeah. you know what? Maybe I should make a call first. Maybe I should make a couple calls. Yeah. Maybe I should get some input on this. And I actually said, hey, let me take another hour before I get back to you on this decision because I need to know it's the right decision at the right time. And because of that, I felt like I talked to the right people. I heard the right advice. I spent some time with the Lord and yeah. I came back to, you know what? It's not the best deal for me right now. Yeah. And it's like I tell Bonnie Ruth all the time, just because it's a deal doesn't mean yeah. it's our deal. Yeah. And and I think that applies, you know, maybe a couple's listening and they've been like trying to conceive and be patient for five years or yeah. more. 
And, you know, there's a lot of mixture out there in in these communities that combat each other. And so I'm just going to speak what I believe and how I feel we look at patients. Some people will tell you like, hey, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. But maybe patience for you is actually stepping back to breathe together as a couple and putting pause on treatments. Or Mm -hmm. it's being patient and realizing that you haven't completed the process that you're currently in and you need to complete that. Patience is going to look different for each one of us, but we do have to know where we're at in our season and what does patience need to be? How do we walk that out? And we cannot go by what other people look like because, you know, for us in this particular topic of trying to conceive, we waited for 19 years. Mm -hmm. That's a long, freaking long time of patience, right? Right. And it took someone saying to me, hey, Bonnie Ruth, do you think it's time? Like, has your patience run out? And so I think we have to ask ourselves that. But then also, it may be that, hey, right now, I'm game. I'm game to continue, and I have patience, and I am raring to go, and I do not, like, I am all in for the patience. Like, I'm in for the long haul, and I can wait. (coughs) But sometimes patience isn't just about the waiting. Patience is about what it looks like in the waiting, meaning, is patience taking a breath? Mm -hmm. Is patience having a conversation? Patience may be um, being able to have a steady rhythm, right? And it's, so I'm just saying we cannot judge each other in what patience should look like. We can't judge someone for waiting too long, quote. We can't judge someone for not waiting long enough. If two years of treatment is all that you feel that you're supposed to do, then your patience is up and it's time to move on. And there's not grace because I believe that in the patience, God always provides grace. Grace is power to overcome. And his word provides that overcoming continually for us. But there's, there needs to be an understanding of, is there grace in the patience? And so I just want to encourage you, no matter where you are, no matter what decisions you're making, don't compare yourselves Um, don't let other people dictate what patience looks like to you or what their story says that yours should be. Know what grace you have as you're walking in patience. Yeah, there's a great verse right now, and it comes from our personal Bible study that we're having together in James, and it's James 1, 4, and it says, but let patience Mm. have her perfect work that you can be made perfect and entire wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Patience helps you Stop wanting, yeah, and and helps you to just want God to pursue yeah. God. So, well, and uh, I think patience. Like, read that one more time. Read the verse one more time. The verse says, "But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing." And I think what we sometimes do is we lose the grace sooner because of our wanting. We want something that we can't have or don't have more then we want the steadiness and the the peace and the rest and the relationship with the Lord. Because here's the deal, babe. I think you and I have learned through all this and we don't have it down. So y'all don't quote us on this. But I feel like what we have learned through our story is that patience is actually a rhythm. 
It's not a one-time thing. It's not a situational thing. It's what is the the rhythm of our heart when it comes to patience and is the wanting and desires of our heart overshadowing the rhythms in which we're supposed to have. That's right. Um, I think the last thing I would look at is when you're pursuing this dream or in the middle of your dream or starting your dream, wherever you may be, it's celebrating the wins. Yeah. And I want to quantify by saying celebrate all the wins. All the wins. And you have to sometimes tell yourself to do this because yeah. sometimes wins seem so small that you're like, well, why celebrate that? Why celebrate somebody donated $5 towards yeah. our infertility treatment? Or why celebrate the fact that someone's giving us a, a, a free day of vacation? Or why celebrate the fact that a door opened? I think yeah. everything that we do can be celebrated. And yeah. I'm not talking about a false celebration, but really yeah. showing God, like, I'm so thankful. And, I, and yeah. the thing that drove this home for me, at least, is our last house, before we got into it, we were in a season where we just, we had had some bad life challenges and we were flat out on our tails. Yeah. Broke, didn't think we would ever have anything like that again. And when we got into our last house, I tell you, it was almost every single yep, day, every day we thank God for that house, the space, yep. the floor, the doors, the pool. and it may sound crazy. <laughs> and and people would come over and even some of our family would say, you guys thank God every day for this thing? Yeah. And I said, yeah, we do. And to us, it was second nature. Yeah. And I think God looks at that and he says, I can work with those kind yeah. of people. Those people that are celebrating the wins of life. Yeah. Because there's going to be enough that challenges you, yeah. enough that tells you you can't make it, enough that yeah. says, don't keep going. Something's yeah. going to say, stop. Yep. Or someone is going to be your critic for life. Yep. But if you can celebrate a win every yep. single day, yep. find a way to say, you know what? Mm, that was good. That yeah. happened. It's That's really a win. Yeah. It can keep you motivated to keep changing lives, to keep yeah. pursuing dreams, and to yeah. leave a legacy that God is bigger than the challenges. And there is something yeah. to fight for. And it's really great to be alive. It's yeah. great to be a part of this kingdom. Yeah. And God will continue to do what he does yeah. while I'm here and when I'm gone. Yeah. And I think what's beautiful about that, babe, is I hope that we are, when people look back at our life and our story, that they can remember us for celebrating, celebrating each other and celebrating the small things and the big things. And really today, what we're trying to hopefully encourage everybody in is when you're defining or redefining legacy, it's really the day-to-day -day things. When you have had one dream die or, or feel like it's failed and another one coming to life and all of the layers uh, and idio idiosyncrasies, did I say that right? Yeah. Of what it takes to accomplish those things. I hope that we are saying clearly, it's the day-to-day, -day, it's the steady, it's the moments that are hard and the moments that are joyful that create the legacy. Amen. It's not one thing. And so I just hope that that's what they're hearing today. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that we get to build Team Rolf. Amen. And Team Rolf. whatever comes, you know, will be, and we get to do it together. I love what you just said. You're building le legacy mm -hmm. every single step, every decision every day. Yeah, that's good.
Okay, so we will keep you posted on more of Legacy Place. You can go to LegacyPlaceRetreat.com. You can check us out Legacy Place Retreat on Instagram or Facebook and follow along with us. I hope you will come like us, share, leave comments, um, and definitely help us spread the word because we hope that we're going to help so many couples find hope and redefine their legacy. Thank you so much for joining us on episode one of season three. Jason and I are so honored that you would hear our story and we hope that it brings encouragement to yours. Remember, no matter the barren places in our lives, we do not have to live broken. 